Hello, I am Sultan Muhammad in Pakistan. You are listening to the English Sabad School podcast, Information and Transformation. Hi there, my friends. I'm Mo Sena for the English Sabad School podcast, Lesson 1 for Friday. Thank God it's Friday, June 30th. Can you believe it? It's the end of the month. It's the end of the semester. Oh, Father, you've already had uh, reached the half part, the first half half part of the year, and we are going to be starting the second half part. Oh, Father, please help us to to con- count our days wisely. Well, it's Friday, my friends. So, what's the title for today? I know you know it. So, it, say it with me. One, two, three. Further thought, thought. Thought, thought. That's right, my friends. Yes. Further thought. And it's a day that we review, kind of, what we studied this past week. So the lesson starts with the following here. Further thought. The story of the exorcist misusing the names of Jesus and Paul, as we studied on Sunday, Acts 19, verses 1320 helps explain why Paul uses so much language about power in Ephesians. Yes, Paul uses the word power, 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 my friends. Some new believers, under fresh conviction of the sovereignty of Jesus, throw their expensive magic manuals into the flames. Thanks to the discovery of some 250 papyri dealing with magic, as well as other finds, We have ample illustrations of rituals, spells, formulas, curses, etc., similar to those likely featured in these manuals of magic that were burned. The volumes had advised believers how to conduct such rituals to persuade gods, goddesses, and spirit powers to do whatever they would ask. Yes, the idea is power, power! But opening a parenthesis here, a disclaimer, I don't support the idea of burning books, no matter what books they are. Uh, you cannot read the books, but you don't have the authority to burn any books. Once they are there, they are there. <laughs> but closing the disclaimer, closing the disclaimer, second paragraph. Luke tells us that these volumes were worth 50,000 silver coins or 50,000 days of wages. Uh, because in the past, uh, an ordinary salary would be a silver coin a day. Now, in today's setting, open parenthesis, the lesson opens parenthesis. If you allow for $80 a day of wages for a skilled laborer, this amounts to um, $4 million, but Nobody can know for sure how much it was they were worth, right? For me, they were worth zero, and I didn't plan to read them. But those books of incantations, forget it. And still today, there is a fascination for these kinds of things. Huh? And people try to turn the Bible into a book of incantations. What can we do? We humans are complicated. Close parenthesis, close parenthesis here. This detail demonstrates the importance and centrality of these volumes to their everyday lives. It took the sovereign intervention of God for them to be sufficiently convicted that they should completely repent of their ongoing utilization of amulets, charms, invocations, and traditional means of gaining spiritual power. Uh, This was written by Clinton E. Arnold, 
in the book Ephesians, Grand Rapids, Michigan, Zondervan, 2010, page 34. And it continues with a, a quotation here. It continues uh, with uh, another quote by Clinton E. Arnold in another book, The Concept of Power in Ephesians by, Clint, uh, by E. Arnold Clinton. It says, We come to understand Ephesians was written to believers who needed instruction about how to cope with the continuing influence and attacks of the sinister cosmic powers powers remember um uh, we constantly remind people as uh believers that we are in the middle of a great universal conflict right paul's response is the epistle to the ephesians in which he points to christ as the one who has been exalted above above every power and em emphasizes the superiority of the strength that god provides to believers discussion questions what powers or authorities are active in our world and your life today? How do these powers manifest themselves, tempting believers to honor and respect them rather than to give undiluted loyalty to the exalted Christ? Next question. In the context of God's fullness of time, plan to unite all things in Christ. Paul expresses hope for the future. Review his use of the word hope in some verses here, and why does he believe there is hope for the future? Interesting question. So we're going to read three verses in the letter to the Ephesians, and we're going to analyze how they are uh, related to hope. Ephesians 1.18 I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Ephesians 2, 2, 2, 12. Remember that, that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. And Ephesians 4, 4. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. Okay. So why does Paul believe there is hope for the future? And now the final question, some more Bible verses from the Ephesians. And in the following passages in Ephesians, how does Paul point to the great future hope of Christ's return? So let us, come on, don't be lazy. It's so wonderful. We're having the privilege of studying God's word and learning more about this uh, amazing letter that is the letter to the Ephesians. So Ephesians 1, 13, 14. I'm going to be reading from the NIV, the New International Version, but please feel free to use any translation that you prefer. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. And Ephesians 1.21 Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Ephesians 2, 7. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 4:30, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And Ephesians 5, 5. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, 
Such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. So the question is, what does this hope mean for us right now? Mm -hmm. So, my friends, this is the end of lesson one. How did you enjoy it? I don't know about you. You're, you're not telling me, but I'm telling you, I'm enjoying it so much because I was missing. I was missing the idea of studying the Bible, discovering what the message is there. Not somebody telling me the message is this A, B, C, D, and that's it. No, let us dig into the Word of God and with prayerful thoughts and with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, discover God's plan for us in our lives. I am Mo Sena for the English Sabbath School podcast for Friday, June 30th. For more information, please contact us on Facebook, Believes in Asp. Tell your friends about our podcast, available on any podcast platform. Pretty please rate us with five stars so that more people may discover us. And so, my friends, Thank you once again for sharing, for praying with us and for us. And tell your friends about our podcast. May the Lord give you a wonderful Sabbath. Go to a local church. Remember, the letter to the Ephesians is about unity in Christ. Let, you, let him guide you as you are part of the body of Christ. May the Lord grant you peace. Join the army, the great army of God's people. Amen.